0: Hello, you're listening to Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific. Uloingo, Susana Suiswiki. Coming up.
1: I've got a strong feeling that Takangomin is going to hear us.
0: Emotions run high at the dawn raids meeting held during the weekend. Also, Immigration Minister says amnesty for overstairs may be considered. And later on, Don Wiseman chats to the First Pacific lecturer in archaeology. A meeting has been held in Auckland between the government and those who lived through dawn raids, past and present. The meeting in Ōtara was sparked by revelations of a recent dawn raid type of incident, less than two years after the government apologised for the early morning raids of the 1970s. An overstayer at the meeting who cannot be named to protect his identity shared his story directly with the Immigration Minister. Tears poured as he pleaded with the minister to grant him and other overstayers grace. He spoke with Lydia Lewis after the meeting. Oh. What's your
2: reaction?
1: I'm happy to stand together with all my brothers that overstayer here. Ask for, a, for any... for any answer. Because we all... I do believe that we all came over to New Zealand for some good reason, you know? And I'm so happy about that.
2: What was your reason? Tell me a little bit about your story. Oh,
1: my reason, I have five kids in Tonga. The eldest is 19, the youngest is 11 now. And that's my dream here. To get any any good um, any good future for my kids, to bring them over for school.
2: Which village? from? Waini. When did you become an overstayer? How
1: long have you been an overstayer? Oh, I've been here since from 2011. And on that time when I came here, I love it here bring my kids for school look for a new future
2: Are all your kids here?
1: No, no, no They still, still are here yeah. So I look first look for a job and I found me a job since from there to now I'm working What
2: do
1: you do for work? I'm a truck driver So I I'm working hard because I don't want to depend on some on someone here. I've got family here. But now
2: nah. Do you feel like having the word overstayer on you criminalizes you or how does it make you feel to feel to be you feel scared.
1: scared every time. Otherwise the immigration Find me somewhere here
2: and send
1: me back to Donga and then my wish is going to be canceled for my kids.
2: Were you scared to come here
1: today? Uh, thinking of of all the, the overstay, huh? I'm not scared to come because... I am representing all the there, Because I know I do believe that they are scared of coming. And uh, I've got a strong feeling that uh, the Kanga is gonna hear us. We don't know we don't know if they're gonna say yes or no, but they are hearing us. They're
2: you. Tell me about your family. How much do you love
1: them? What do they mean? Oh man, that's my life. That's my life. That's why I came over. In stay like this.
2: Do they have dreams? What are your kids' dreams? Oh,
1: their dreams is to come over here, stay with me, look for them. But school is the most important thing. That's when I came here. They want to carry over the school, you know? Yeah. I just need a chance so I can bring over my kids. I'm not there that for. So I, when I get a permanent, so and then I just stay home and do it. no, no. Because uh, right now, Oh, there were heaps of um, of problems, you know? Like, like, you know, there were some of the the good um,
3: that
1: that, the permanent people, that the permanent people, we don't have we are going on uh, you know (laughs) over level and it's on another level not the same with permanent people but I do need I do need I do need that help that's why we that's why I wish to have my permanent so I can get it, um, I can get the opportunity where uh, where the permanent people have, you know because I am I am working I'm staying on my own apartment I'm paying for my own pills and them
2: How many
1: years have you been without your kids? Oh, since when me. We- 2011, I love them, I miss them, I miss my family, but I won't give up because my wish is to stay here to get a permanent so I can bring them over. That's my wish.
4: Thank you so much.
0: Meanwhile, the New Zealand government is considering an amnesty for overstayers following the meeting in Auckland on Saturday. Lydia Lewis caught up with the Immigration Minister, Michael Wood, after a heated meeting.
2: When can we expect to hear about whether or not an amnesty will be announced? Is it straight after the review? When are you going to make the decision?
4: I can't give you a, an exact date right now but the undertaking that I, I gave here when I spoke to people was that that is something our government is looking to consider quite soon.
2: Give me a timeline please. What does oh, quite soon I, mean? I, Weeks, I months, just, years, no, decades? As I just said I
4: can't do that. No, I won't do that. Um, this is a very significant issue for us to consider. Uh, the last time there was an amnesty in New Zealand was over 20 years ago. Um, we have the advice in front of us now. I don't want to give a date and set up a false expectation and raise hopes. But I've given a very clear undertaking to people here to Day, that it will be soon.
2: What, what, where is the process at? What needs to happen for you to make this decision? What are you waiting We've on? We've
4: asked for officials to bring us advice uh, so that we can consider it uh, as a cabinet. That is effectively what we need to do now. We need to consider all of the issues that are involved here. It is a complex issue. Is
2: that the uh, review that you're waiting on? Is that the no, advice? No, no, the no, advice? No, no, it is
4: not. Well, we have advice from officials. We need to consider that advice and make the best possible decision.
2: And what is the outcome that you're looking at? What are you looking at advice for? What exactly could the outcome be? Well,
4: the advice that we have sought from officials is advice on uh, the um, how, if the government wished to, we could pursue a regularisation of what is commonly known as an amnesty uh, policy, to understand what the implications of that would be, to understand the pros and cons of pursuing such a policy. So that's a big decision to make. We have received everything we need to from officials and we'll engage with that material in the very near future.
2: Are these out-of-hours visits or dawn raids visits, as they have been called here, racist?
4: Um, what I would say is that these visits have caused pain in the communities that we have heard from today. Please I have, answer the question, Yes, Minister. well, if you'll just let me finish my answer. I have um, uh, at length uh, considered the information that I have seen from Immigration uh, New Zealand. I've asked for data on it. And now I don't agree with that assertion. Are there any
2: pālangi or white people in that data? Is there anyone from the US, from the UK in that data? The
4: information that I've gone through suggests that the um, activity that is undertaken by Immigration New Zealand is roughly proportionate uh, with the uh, the proportions of people uh, who are unlawfully within New Zealand. The point is though that irrespective of that, uh, the out of hours um, actions that we have been here today to talk about have caused considerable pain. Uh, They've brought back a lot of trauma for communities. The important thing here is that we've said, while we're working this through, those will just stop.
2: Are minority groups disproportionately represented in these statistics, and are you concerned about that?
4: What I've seen from the information that has been provided to me, as I said before, is that the number of these actions that have been undertaken are broadly in proportion uh, with what you would expect in terms of the number of people who are unlawfully in New Zealand. That doesn't mean that there aren't issues to work through.
2: Thank you very much for
4: your time. Mr Wood says amnesties are a complex issue and official
0: advice needs to be carefully considered. The Pacifica man who's been at the centre of the story has now been granted a temporary visa and will no longer be deported. The man's lawyer, Soane Foliaki, says the Associate Immigration Minister, Rachel Brooking reviewed the case and approved the temporary visa on Thursday. It means the man is now eligible to apply for residency. Soane Foliaki says the man was detained for almost four days at Manukau Police Station, then released hours before he was due to be deported. Dr. Charles Radcliffe says it's a huge privilege to become the first Pacific lecturer in archaeology at New Zealand's Otago University in Dunedin. Dr. Radcliffe is a fairly recent graduate from Otago, completing his PhD in 2020. He decided on an academic career after presenting at Otago's annual Pacific Voices Symposium. In a wide-ranging interview with Don Wiseman, he began by outlining his Pacifica links. Sure.
5: Welcome to Melody, a good fellow evening, uh, Don, and thank you to my for uh, inviting me for the interview and to share a bit of journey, I guess academic journey so far. I identify as a Solomon Islander. I was born and raised in the capital city, Honiara. Uh, my mum is of Kiribati heritage, so she was very young when her family were relocated by the British from Kiribati to Solomon Islands. And my uh, father's a British. I've done a lot of my primary schooling in Solomon Islands, so very familiar with sort of some sort of the cultural traditions. I speak Solomon Islands Pidgin, and but I've been very privileged that my parents could afford to send me to study overseas in Brisbane and then do my tertiary studies uh, here. at Uh, lovely University of Otago.
3: Was your mum Barnabin?
5: No, so she's not Barnabin. So my family, my grandfather, so my middle name is actually Tekarawa and that's named after my mother's father. He's from Nonnos and Tabatawea and then my grandmother from the islands of Peru and Nikunao. So four islands in the Gilbert Islands
1: of, of Kiribati.
3: So archaeology at Otago, not a route that a lot of Solomon Islanders have followed so far. How does it feel to be in cold Dunedin? I lived in Dunedin for 5 years. I can I'm allowed to say that.
5: It's it's a huge privilege. I do feel a huge sense of pride having studied and being taught by a lot of my now colleagues. Thinking back to my journey of how I started studying at the University of Otago, I can think back to a conversation my dad and I had in Honiara, looking up different universities across the Pacific, several of which we'd been advised by another family friend who's an archaeologist. And we were drawn to Otago because it said you could go surfing, go skiing, you know, and it had an outstanding uh, archaeology program. And I was like, well, that's sounds of, like the most attractive choice and yeah it, it really sort of panned out well for myself through that support of my parents but just the really great teaching staff here in archaeology program as well as the anthropology program and across uh, the university
3: now in your teaching just underway you are bringing in or trying to bring in elements of the pacific things that i guess you're very familiar with but your students won't be what sort of things are we talking about
5: as you mentioned, Don, I'm fresh into the job, but I do recognize my role. I, I've, I've actually stepped in, in the role as uh, Pacific Island Student Support Officer within our program as well. There's a few little steps, I guess, ingredients that you can add, I think, in terms of attire, you know, the things I may wear, a few basic things, a sense of humor, uh, sharing of food, kai, in some of the lectures but on a more the teaching and education based uh, level particularly theoretically the great thing is there's a lot of up-and-coming early career researchers uh, indigenous early career researchers uh, both Māori from white parts of the Pacific and you know the longer time Uh, professors and academics who are generating indigenous knowledge systems, methodologies particularly, which I try to uh, incorporate into my uh, learning to add sort of another layer of, I guess, uh, learning and reflections for the students when they're uh, learning about deep history and, and different parts of the Pacific.
3: And in the Pacific, parts of it are a lot older than New Zealanders. Is it an area that you're looking at in terms of archaeology work?
5: Yes. So New Zealand, as you mentioned, in parts of sort of central East Polynesia were only settled in the last sort of thousand years. But human settlement and human history in this part of the world goes back at least 50,000 years, possibly slightly earlier. So my research mainly is carried out in my home country of Solomon Islands. And I have been investigating over the last several years as part of my PhD and then now looking for external funding as I'm a teaching academic. And some of the research we've been focusing on working with the Solomon Islands National Museum is looking at some early cave sites. So just trying to see if we can push back a bit further what we know to be the current record of uh, earlier settlement in parts of the Solomon Islands where I've carried out my research. Because we know linguistically that people are there possibly going back about 30,000 years. There's a cave site that had been investigated in the 90s and that dates back to about 30,000 years. And so we, as part of my project and a few other collaborators here, including Professor Richard Walter uh, and a few others, we're aiming to see if we can find early evidence of human settlement.
3: Have there been, within the Work any significant discoveries in your view?
5: In so far as. Part of the PhD, we've made some good discoveries in terms of finding what we call stratified cave deposits. So what I mean by that is we've got a nice sort of sequence in, in the layers of the ground uh, that we'll be investigating. Because a lot of the early sites contain pottery, but they're found on the coast, and it's hard to come across, you know, nice well buried deposits. So we've found some investigated cave site goes back over 2,000 years, contains some pig bone and dog bone, and us archaeologists love that because it adds a whole lot of the layers of our interpretation interpretations and analysis but so far we're we're still on the hunt and and I want to highlight the discoveries are one aspect of the research but at the end of the day it's really about forming connections and and partnerships with the local communities that we're working with you know regarding capacity building providing educational resources so the aim is to provide reciprocal meaningful relationships and research in these areas.
3: And would you expect the archaeology program at Otago University to have a lot more people from Pacific countries studying there in the future?
5: That's certainly the hope, Don, is with my appointment alongside my colleague, Zach McIver, who's one of the few Māori archaeologists who've been hired as lecturers in our program. That would be the aim, is to really try diversify our student cohort and hopefully us as early career research, particularly of being of Indigenous descent, could inspire other Māori or Pacific Islanders students coming through the ranks in New Zealand to think about what are the broad range of options of career pathways that can be undertaken, uh, not only at Otago, there are other universities, but certainly there are a range of pathways here at Otago that could be explored.
0: That's Pacific Waves for today. To listen back, head over to rndi.com slash programmes, or you can download us on Spotify, iHa or Apple Podcasts. From myself and the team here at RNZ Pacific, towha 4. So